Hello and welcome to the Developing Dads podcast. I'm your host Neil and alongside my brother Gordon, we're going to explore life as two young dads trying to figure this whole parenting thing out. Join us every Monday where we aim to share our thoughts on how we raise our families, invest our time and explore things that interest us. Welcome to the Developing Dads podcast where we're hitting number episode number 44. Um, it's Tuesday evening where we are. I'm If this is the first time you're listening, I'm based in sunny Dunfermline and Gordon's down in London. And in this episode, we're going to be chatting about whether you should have kids or not, or exploring kind of our thought process in terms of how we came up with the idea of having kids, maybe some pros and cons and how, how we came up rest. with the how we came up with the the the, um, the process of having kids is that what you just said? <laughs> the idea of having kids. Oh, the idea. Okay, not and not, the prep uh, and, and the prep. I mean, we we we, uh, we we're married men, so we <laughs> I think we knew what we were doing <laughs> beforehand. But yeah, no, Neil's Neil's right. That was a lovely intro, Neil. I think you're getting better at. It. So maybe I'll maybe I'll lay off the the digging of my little brother when it comes to the uh, the intros, I guess. But yeah, I, I I guess there's kind of like some of the things I want to explore would be like some of the ratios of stuff. Like people will be like, oh, what's it like not having kids? What's it like having kids? You know, the cost to incredible benefit, I think, you know, which, how does that weigh up? And then time attention, sleep loss, loss of ego, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited to explore on this one, I think, to be honest, even though it was, a, I just literally came up with it about two or three hours ago as a, as a topic for today. Yeah, I mean, I, I texted Gordon this morning. I was like, no idea what we were discussing, um, or I couldn't think of any ideas. Asked Rebecca, and she just came up with some some silly ones. But <laughs> we, um, yeah, we, we're here now. Um, we'll start off like we always do, um, in terms of uh, how's your week been, Gordon? It's been a week since we spoke. It has so. been a week, and it's it was a very busy week. I keep coming on. It always podcast. is, Gordon. At some at some point, I'm I'm gonna make I'm gonna not be busy. I think next week might be a bit quieter. This week is not that much quieter, but it's a little bit quieter. So I'm hoping next week's maybe a little bit quieter because I've still got like editing and all sorts of things to catch up with. But yeah, busy week last week. So we had. I'm trying. To th- I'm actually trying to think what I actually did. Um, the do that old first, trick of look at look at your calendar. That's yeah, I'm, I'm I'm literally typing in now what I'm doing what I did on my calendar. So I had a shoot. Yeah, we did a podcast on the Monday. We had our windows fitted, so they're all done. They cracked a glass thing in the house, so they had to come back and replace it. And they've got one or two other things to polish off, but they are in and they're done, and it's looking amazing. And the other big one was we had a floor installed, which is nice. It's it, it's it's amazing, actually. Like it it's now it's now a it makes space it feel like a home. Yeah, it, it really does because the the only thing we're missing is the skirting boards and that's probably the, the fini- finishing touch for now for the kitchen. Like there's a few other bits, just but they're just upgrades rather than necessarily just feeling like a complete space. So the floor is just incredible. It took a while to get there. It is finally flat most, most, of, the place, most of the area. It feels amazing. It looks amazing. And I'm so glad with the color that we went with and the finish is great and... Just really happy with it, Neil. Quite frankly, um, nice. No snagging, so, or does it fit really well? Uh, yeah, yeah. It it is. It's it's fine. Like I'm. I. You know what I'm like. You you. I think you commented ages ago when I bought a coffee machine, and I bought the coffee machine, and the coffee machine takes very precise amounts of beans, like eighteen grams of beans to do something, and a certain amount of seconds to do something, and whatever else. 
And you were just like, Gordon, it's two seconds. Like, why does that make a difference? I'm like, no, <laughs> but the recipe says this. And then it's like, I'm looking at the cornering, finishing around the kitchen. I'm making sure that it's, you know, pretty much lined up perfectly. The color is really good. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm the worst nightmare for a tradesman when it comes to looking at details. <laughs> Whereas Laura's just like, yeah, it looks fine. That'll do. Whereas I'm like, no, what is that? So anyway, the, the floor is done. It's amazing. If anyone's interested, if any dads are currently renovating their houses, then it's Antico Spatia. It's brilliant. It feels like wood under the foot, which is really weird. Like if you walked in, you wouldn't know it was plastic, basically. But it lasts, lasts a lifetime. Yeah, it's like at least 10. It's got like a lifetime warranty on it, I think. Um, so yeah, absolutely fantastic. So that's that's the house stuff. That's pretty much it. That That's done. And that feels incredible living here now and... I can't wait for you to see it whenever you come down, Neil. It's really a, it's really amazing. Anyway, that's that done. And then the work thing, yeah. I was filming, did a whole day filming on Tuesday for an old client who signed up to a new retainer. So that was that was good. We got lots of content done. Then there was two things. I went to Birmingham or a place called Cranach, which here's an interesting story for you. And I, I'm pretty sure the chap who, who who's part of this story won't uh, listen to this podcast. But, you know, you never know. Anyway, I'm in a gym. Okay, Neil, I'm in a gym in this, this area near Birmingham, and I'm filming a, a chat for a, like a bodybuilding training series as I do, the fitnessy type of thing that I'm on, so it's quite a small space, it's not a huge gym, nice aesthetic, very, very nice, and I'm kind of there, minding my own business, and this chap comes over, and he says, excuse me, mate, can I borrow your camera? <laughs> wow, your five grand camera. <laughs> And some. I had a few few more than that. And he was like, can I borrow your camera? And I was like, <laughs> eh, no. He was like, oh, but I just want to take a picture. Just just quickly take a picture. And I was just like, no, no, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't lend out my camera. And he was getting quite irate. Like, he was quite angry about this, that I wouldn't lend him my camera. Wow. Now, what then happened was he said, well, I'm letting you use my gym for free. And I clocked it. Oh, God. I was like, ah, right. So this is the gym owner who's asking me to to use my camera or take a picture of something. And I was like, I, I was kind of mulling my head. I was like, I could have handled it a little bit better and just gone, actually, this camera doesn't take any pictures. Because one of my cameras doesn't. It's a video camera. But equally, he could have come up to me and said, by the way, I'm a photographer, because he is. He takes bodybuilding pictures and he goes to shows and, and does that kind of stuff. And he wanted to take a picture of something. And if he'd said, I'm the gym owner, I'm also a photographer. I, uh, I actually own a camera, but it's at home at the moment. Do you mind if I just borrow yours just for a minute to take a picture? I more than likely would have been like, sure, mate, crack on. Like, yeah. But it was just, I was in the gym and I was like, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> you know, because it's a rough area, I tell you. It wasn't. It, anyway. At the end, did, did you take the photo for him? Took the photo, yeah, gave him the memory card, and he got his picture. And it was, it was absolutely fine. Um, and I didn't die. And I still have all my teeth. And <laughs> I, I came home with no black eyes. So wow. that was that was on the Wednesday. And then there's the PT project stuff that I've been working on with uh, Jimbo and Paul. I really wanted to do... I wanted to do some... We've got a little podcast with that as well. I'm not on the podcast. It's just those two. I edit it for them. But there's a guy called Cal Raystrick, who's like a body... A very illustrious, I guess you could call him, bodybuilding coach. We wanted to do three sort of uh, batch filmings with him for a, a podcast. So we did that, which was really good. So it was a bit of investment in that. But it was a long ass day. Like I was up really early, didn't finish till late. Then on the 
Thursday, so it was Wednesday, then it was Thursday, I was at Ali's doing filming, and then on the Friday, I met up with my mate Ben, and he he lives in New York, so I don't get to see him very well. He's he's, he's going through a divorce, which is hard, um, so I really feel for him on that, so we were kind of talking about that, and I guess that's maybe a topic for a, a podcast at some point, is like, how do you maintain a relationship, and whatever else, and if friends go through divorces, and that kind of thing. So it was quite interesting to catch up with him about that, and I'm, I'm, I'm sad that I can't support him as, as well as I probably want to, but, you know, the, the, he lives in New York, so it's not like it's not like I can just go and see him on a Tuesday. Yeah. And then I was filming a part-time YouTuber Academy event, so that was sort of managing all the production stuff for that, and filming it all and whatnot, so yeah, we, we got that done. And then Saturday was kind of a day off, where uh, it was like looking after Olivia, doing some editing, and Laura really got into painting the shed. So we're now kind of just nice. spru- sprucing up the garden. So it's a nice view out of our our um, bifold doors, which is good. Um, and then I worked on Sunday all day at a bodybuilding <laughs> show. So wow, it's stark difference to my my week. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just been. I think I think there's also part of me is considering you know I'm in a service based industry at the moment, so it's like, what do I do? You know, do I set up a production company and start managing teams of people and you know, doing things like that and employing people and stuff. I don't know. I'm kind of mulling it over at the moment. Like, is is the direction I'm going in right now a good one? It doesn't feel like it is. You know, just being really, really busy. I mean, I, I can make a lot of money doing it, which is great. But then it, it's not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's. I don't think it's smart. If I'm honest. Yeah, it's like it's not scalable because you're the you're the one the man behind the camera. There's I mean, I think a, there's a yeah, but there's an element of like scalability. I think is overrated to some extent. Like, I get it. Part of my life I get... Part of my life is difficult to, you know, manage because of the fact that I, um, you know, I have to work for myself and I have to do the thing. But at the same time, it's a pretty good lifestyle business. Like, I can take a time off whenever I want. I'm not accountable to anyone apart from my clients. I can dictate a lot of what I'm doing. And I can make, you know, a, a, a very good income. I, I, I can live perfectly yeah, comfortably. Maybe- Maybe it's for a, another episode. We yeah, can, I think we can so. Dive into it. There's a guy on YouTube. It's come back called Jesse. I don't know if you know. Oh, him. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saw that. And he, like, he was his kind of comeback video was him filming a video for Snoop Dogg. And he used to, he started off like a YouTuber and stuff, and now he's got a film studio in LA. Just mad. Yeah, um, it, it is interesting how YouTubers scale, right? How they go from just doing it for themselves to then building up these companies. Now Sadly, he's just the director. Like he's, yeah. he's directs things, yeah. But but sadly, sadly they they have the the monetary backing because of the fact that they did YouTube for that long. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna have that quite yet. So um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I'm thinking of I'm trying to think of small things like how could I maybe outsource some of my work? You know, can I just be the face, film the things, do the stuff, and then maybe outsource some of what I'm doing? And even could I work in a production head of production thing for people? Like I had. Um, again, someone who I doubt very much will will um, will listen to this podcast. But the do you know you ever heard a thing called Loom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the one of the co-founders uh, called DM'd me on Instagram. Wow. Looking for a, a YouTube like a filmer, editor, thumbnail person. Nice. So that that kind of thing I'm considering is could I then work within a consultancy basis in the sense of I'll find you a someone to film you. 
I'll manage the process and the workflow of getting the content to an editor. I could find you an editor. I could find a thumbnail designer for you. I can find a strategist for you. And I'll just basically run your YouTube channel. So, yeah. Because I think there's something in... So I think there's something in that where, you know, startup founders, for example, they'll create a business, right? And then they'll get to a point where they want to exit. And they'll exit for X amount of millions, right? Yeah. But what what do they, what the hell do they do, do they do after that? Like, what do they yeah, do? I know. Yeah. So, so I think there's two things they can do. They can build a personal brand on, say, YouTube or Twitter or something something in that realm, right? That will have a trickle down effect into the thing that they're building, the app or the system or whatever there is. So there's you know that that would be easy for them to have a, a platform to promote on. But at the same time, when they exit and they make their hundred million dollars. They have a personal brand. You know, they have something to do. And one of the things that I think a lot of these guys go on to do is to like mentor people or teach people because it's service of others yeah. that's ultimately the, you know, the golden ticket, the, the, the golden goose that, you're, you, that serves you so much intrinsically and extrinsically. So anyway, I'm sorry. I've gone off paste up. I've just been chatting. <laughs> How are you? It's all good. I, I am, I'm good. I'm very, very relaxed. My heart rate is probably low as it's been for a while. Um, anyway, what have we been up to in the last week? You've got no kids, do you? You were in Sky and then you've got, you've got no kids now for a whole week. <laughs> Are you off? I'm off for two weeks, yeah. Oh my word. So, yeah, last week, just a normal kind of working week and then finished up on Thursday. Took the kids to Sky on Friday and um, just yeah, hung out with them and the, my in-laws on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Did some sea swimming and just outdoor stuff, which was good. And then me and Rebecca went on a hotel stay Sunday evening on the way home, which was very nice. Just me and her. Nice meal. Um, and then, yeah, yesterday we came home. Just, it's, it's the oddest feeling, like, when, you, when you've got three kids and it's constantly mayhem and you walk into your own house and it's just silent. And there's it like, is, isn't it? <laughs> there's nothing I had much that today. To I had that today, Neil. So the first yeah. time in maybe two weeks... I've actually had a day on my own. Yeah, it's all. I, I woke up. Obviously, Laura got ready for work, and I, I kind of lay in. I didn't sleep very well, but then you know, I went downstairs. It was just me. I put yeah, the radio on. Coffee when you went. <laughs> took my time. You know, I had my dressing gown on. I had one call at nine thirty. Did that for thirty minutes, and then I just kind of did some bits. Sat down, did some editing, did some things. It was a, ma- unbelievable. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was yesterday. And went over to, to our parents' house. They invited us over for dinner, which was nice. Um, and then today, I've just been I've been on, on like productive mode. So I made a massive batch cook of meals. Um, went for a sea swim because I do that now. I'm, I'm into my, my sea swimming. And you're, you're already having a midlife crisis at the age of 31. <laughs> Something like that. Um, and me and Rebecca, actually. So like, it's, this is for another episode, but we've been going through quite a tough time with... Parenting, parenting, and like different styles, and getting a lot of pushback from our seven-year-old daughter Isla, um, and like we're we're both at the realization that like something needs to change. So I listened to the book um, Unconditional Parenting. But before um, you continue, Neil, I think you could probably give a a, a reasonable characterization of what Isla is like. Sometimes she's very she's very headstrong, isn't she? Very um, to anybody, not just to us. To, her, to anyone, to, to you, to my in-laws, to 
grandma and granddad. Um, but interestingly, so, I mean, we can get into this in a podcast, but she had a parents' evening last week. So I, Rebecca couldn't go because Ben was sick. That's another thing that happened last week. We had sickness. Um, but I kind of deleted that from my head. Um, yeah, so I, Rebecca couldn't go. I went and like, I kind of explained how, how Isla is at home and how she is like around other family members and the kind of hyperactivity and all that stuff. And she's like an angel at school, like social butterfly, puts her hand up, gets involved. Like there's no shouting. There's no kind of different mood swings. She's very inclusive. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Anyway, um, I've listened to a book called Unconditional Parenting. I think it's a very, very good book. So Rebecca and I have been listening to that together over the last few days, just an audio book on her phone, sitting in the living room, listening to it. And yeah, it's just a, such a good reminder of like um, the, the the parenting style that we want to adopt and we want our kids to, to grow up in. And like Alfie Cohn, who's the, who's the author of it, he starts with like, figure out what you want your, your kids to be like in 20, 30 years time. And then that should dictate how you parent day to day. So yeah, yeah just a that, very that, fact finding. That's a Jordan Peterson thing as well is, you know, don't, don't accept behavior that you wouldn't accept from an adult basically yeah there's like yeah there's there's a lot to it a lot to unpick with unconditional parenting it's not just a case of like you send them to your room and you go to time out for 10 minutes because you've done something bad um, yeah but you, you wouldn't say that like you, you wouldn't say that's an adult like if if yeah you know yeah, yeah, if you sh- if you shouted at me and were rude to me I wouldn't go neil you're going to your room i would turn around to you and be like you know, that made me feel like this next time. Like, and this is why you shouldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it, it's like, it's no, it's no different. I don't think. And I think it's, it, it, it is a case of if, if you're not going to like their, that type of behavior when they're 18, 19, 20, then it's probably not a good idea to continue to allow it and, you know, treat them as if they're 19, 20 and talk to them just like an adult and they'll listen like one. You know, like, yeah, and like every aspect, like and a lot of parents do this. They they try and control every aspect of the kid's life, and like I th- I think I've got a bit of a happy medium in terms of I let my kids have whatever they want for breakfast. I let my kids get dressed and wear what, what, what clothes they want, but I can make suggestions. Like we want a healthy breakfast this time. Why do we want a healthy breakfast? Because if you ate sugar all day and honey all day, then it wouldn't be very good for you. So like I try and educate them. But anyway, we're we're getting on the same playing field. So we're, we've been listening to that nice. book which we can delve into another podcast. And we've got nothing much planned for the, like the kids are back on Thursday evening. Um, just chilling, just enjoying our own time. Just doing a poo with the door open. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. That, that is, that is a real true sense of freedom, isn't it? When you, you do a poo with the door open. Yeah. There's no, there's no lock on it. You can, you can just enjoy yeah, it's fun. I quite do, I do it sometimes. My door opens out onto my toilet now, so I, I can't do it. The previous previous place I lived, the door actually opened slidey. So you, you just sit there looking out into the hallway. It's a much better view. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we'll get into this week's topic. Yes, yeah. Where, um, where do you want to start? Well, I think, I think the biggest and fir- first one has to be the how much a kid costs and what's the return of investment? <laughs> yeah, I, I put that in one of my points as well. You know, because that's like that's got to be it. Is it, you know the the idea of it? Should you have kids, or is it worth it having kids? I don't know what the title of this or this will be, but 
it's off it's often a question from unencumbered friends usually male friends where they'll be like is it actually is it do you think it's worth having kids do, you know do you like having kids that's the type of question that comes along and i actually find it quite difficult to answer because it's like it's difficult because the the financial cost the time cost the sleep cost the sociable cost the emotional cost like there's just there's so much so much that a kid takes from you and that's hard that's that's hard to deal with right because it, it, it yeah. literally takes everything from you and i'm sure i get into a few of those but it takes everything from you but then there's this also this weird thing where you turn around and go it's the one of it's the most incredible experience you'll ever do <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> like, yeah if if like we talked about in a podcast remember we were talking about like if if you spent fifty thousand pounds and it was the best experience of your entire life or at least in your top three, would you spend fifty grand? And I think most people would, wouldn't they? Yeah, for sure. Like if they had, if they had fifty grand, they, they would spend it. So it's like, imagine you have to give every single last ounce of your being, including financial and all the other things I talked about. But it will give you the most incredible experience you've had ever had in your life. Would you do it? Some people might say no. They'd be like, actually, my life's pretty incredible already, and I've invested all this stuff I mean, into it. It's hard when you when you stack up all those costs to somebody that's not had kids and say it's going to be Justify the best thing you've ever done. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, it's like, oh, by the way, you have to spend £1,000 on a wheelbarrow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or you, you're now about to spend more money per month on childcare than you might on your own mortgage. And there's no return. Like, there's no, like, stock market, like, there's no housing markets going up. There's nothing. It yeah. just, it's money that just literally, like, you just might as well set it on fire. <laughs> I know, I know. So that's um, so that's that's the thing, and, and I don't like. Do you have you had friends like ask you? Because I know you've got like colleagues, obviously got kids and stuff. But you were still you were very young when you had uh, Isla at first, so you must have been asked a few times: Is this you know is it worth it? Yeah, I think it, it became more when I had the the second and third one. So if you're a new listener, I've got twins um, and a seven year old. So the twins are four, and Isla came first. Obviously, she's seven. And yeah, when the when the second and third came, they were like, "Is it is it worth having a second, or is it worth having two or three? And that, that that's a hard one to answer. Um, now, yes, absolutely. But again, during the the time, and we can delve into like multiple kids and when you make a decision. But when I first had Isla, yeah, I was very young, but I felt like I had all the foundations. Like it, it wasn't a surprise to anybody because I'd kind of I had all the foundations in place in my eyes. So. Rebecca and I were married. We had a deposit on our first house. We were waiting for it to be built. Um, there was no kind of cracks, I'd say, in layman's term, cracks in our relationship. Like we were pretty solid, and I think the foundations were good. And I think when we announced our pregnancy, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, was it a surprise to you? Like when when you when you found out, it it wasn't a surprise. Forget it. it. Yeah, it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was a surprise because, you know, I don't know how many married couples these days go for ten years and not have a kid. <laughs> yeah, and that was always in our in our in our intention. Um, so I don't I didn't get that question. But my point is because I think people expected it. Um, when I got to my work, like my kind of my, my colleagues at work and stuff, yeah, there's definitely people that kind of questioned why I was so young. But again, I just go back to like I was ready, like. Uh, and I don't know why 
like we've, we've discussed in a lot of podcasts, but I think there's probably a reason somewhere I'll find out in 10, 20, 30 years time of why I had kids young. Who knows? But yeah, I enjoy it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, is that, so is that you telling people, people you should, your mates should have kids? I, I think if you've got your foundation, like in my, in my notes, I think the foundations are the most important thing. If you have a kid and there's a few cracks in your relationship or you're rushing to have a kid because there might be a health reason, is it age or is there some kind of health reason to do with IVF or something? And you're like, I think people that have IVF, like the, if the girl's under 30 or under a certain age, it's a lot easier. So um, there's, yeah, there's people I know that have, have rushed into having kids. And I think, yeah, just be be mindful. If there's, if there's small cracks in your relationship, if there's trust issues, if there's any kind of things like that, then they're going to become massive when you have that child they're going to yeah. materialize into something else yeah the whole kind of like you know have your is it ducks in a line basically yeah you know financially you probably want to have some sort of savings you know kicking around i, I, I can't really say exactly how much so if, you, if you're like if i'm saying should you have kids well there's a few little kind of assessments of your current lifestyle i guess to look at is do you have some cash in the bank that means for six months you don't have to work basically because your your partner or you even as a as a man might might have to take maternity leave or paternity leave, right? And then not in not in all jobs do you get a huge salary out of it or paid leave or whatever it might be. Like Laura got statutory; that's all she got for maternity leave. So we basically had I think it was six weeks pay, full pay or ninety percent pay, and then it was basically statutory from then on, um, which wasn't great. And then she was unpaid for like three months at the end of it. So do you have money in the bank? Do you have some savings? I think from the relationship front, I think, yeah, you you need to be in a good place from a relationship. Like there's got to be a foundation of love, respect, trust. And if that's not quite there, I think what a kid will do is basically just take a sledgehammer to that and carve it wide open, right? And I think also your living situation probably needs to be pretty pretty solid, you know, and I say living situation, including, you know, are you near parents? Are you near friends? Are you near family? You know, because any any kind of like difficulty to get to a parent or time that it might take to get to a parent where they, when they want to help or babysit or whatever else, that's, you know, you might think if, if it takes 10 minutes normally, it would take anywhere between 20, and half, 20 minutes and half an hour if you've got a kid, right? So if you've got to drive anywhere, do anything like that, then... By all means, try and make that as easy as possible. But also your living situation, like do you have the space? So not only do you have the space to have a kid so they can have their own room, for example, but also can you have a space enough for you to build escape? Like can you go to your room and just chill out for half an hour, you know, while your partner looks after the uh, after the baby? Or do you have a spare bedroom so someone can sleep in it? Like there's lots of things like that, right, Neil? That I think having Logistics. multiple bedrooms, yeah. yeah, multiple bedrooms help so much. So I guess not everyone has that privilege, but if you are, you know, to be fair, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably listening it to AirPods Pros or something like that on your <laughs> iPhone. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think assessing that type of thing is probably a good idea before just jumping straight into it. Um, yeah, no, I think, yeah, what, an example that we we did when the, before just before the twins came and moved into this house, we're in just now um, a month before the twins arrived and we've got a, a garage which is converted into like a playroom type thing for the previous owners. We made that a bedroom. So we put a bed in it, like bits of tables and like that was a base for 
um, Rebecca's parents, my parents, to come down and help us because I knew I, I, I wasn't going to be, um, yeah, wearing what's that rose tinted spec rose tinted glasses because I knew twins were going to be hard because I've already had one and I'm going to need as much help as possible. Even though I don't want my mother-in-law living with me, she's going to live with me because I need help. <laughs> Basically, what you're saying is you created a bunker, <laughs> a bunker yeah. in your house. But made it made it comfortable for them. Like I didn't expect them to sleep on the floor or a bloat bed. Like we, we we put some money into it and made it comfortable. Um, what what you're saying is you just you just tried to sell the vision. <laughs> and the, you're like, we'll make this the nicest room possible with the most yeah. comfortable mattress and the nicest <laughs> duvet and the nicest. It's gonna have candles in it because then if we make it look like it's gonna be fun and comfortable, <laughs> then they'll come. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like one of the things I put in my notes is especially at the start when you're maybe trying for children or your, your wife or partner's pregnant um, is being naive is, is probably a good idea because there's there's a lot of things that can A, go wrong that can be caught, catch you off guard and fair enough you can do some amount of research or that kind of thing but yeah just hiding under a rock a little bit about certain things is probably okay like what? like don't overthink the sleepless nights don't overthink how hard a baby's going to be don't overthink how challenging a, a kid's going to be just if you've committed to having a kid there's no point of dwelling on it so be naive okay i think i think i know what you mean <laughs> i'm not sure if, i'm not sure if it's naive necessarily but okay. it's kind of like well, i think what you're saying is the idea that you shouldn't set levels of expectation like there shouldn't be a, I'm going to, our kid, it, it's going to work like this. It's going to go douche, 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 douche. You know, they're going to go to bed yeah, at seven. They're going to get up at this time. You know, they're going to be amazing. It's going to be absolutely fine. Or setting expectations for yourself to act in a certain way or do a certain thing. When actually when a kid comes along, it, it, almost every rule book, apart from the medical one, basically gets thrown out the door. And you just, you just do what you need to do. Survive. And yeah. Yeah. You, you don't, I, I think that's got to be one of the biggest things that I took away from it. Certainly having a kid now, she's 13, 14 months old. It is that case of someone's like, should you have kids? And then it inevitably turns into, you know, what's it like having kids? And, you know, I used to judge some parents and I'd be like, God, shut your kid up. It's a bloody flight. Or, you know, why is this kid running around this restaurant? Or, why is that dad holding the kid upside down when it's screaming? Or why are they doing? Why, why are they urinating in the car park? You know all these kind of things, and you're like, "What the hell are they doing?" But now I'm just like, "God, they're they're just trying to survive. Like they've probably yeah. not slept for about four days. They don't know what they're doing. No one knows what they're doing. So sod it. Who cares if you don't know what you're doing? No one's right or wrong. Just crack that's on." A, that's a very interesting one you brought up about like kids peeing and. The, the guy used to think, like, when I had uh, just Isla, I was like, why, why are the parents letting them pee, like, by the side of a tree in the in the kids' park? That's just ridiculous. But now I've got two boys, and if we're miles away from a toilet, or there's just no chance of going anywhere, then I'm going to let them pee at the side of a tree. <laughs> so yeah, it's like, drop your drawers, lads, off you go. Yeah, it's um, it's just something you've got to do. And it's slightly more difficult with, with girls. Um there's definitely been an occasion where I've been behind a tree with Isla. <laughs> oh, God. I, I fully expect that to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's like, I think one of the other the other parts that was quite interesting from a, a question like, should you have kids? Is, you know, how, how willing are you to sacrifice your ego even more? 
and I was I, I don't know if I've talked about it in this podcast but maybe I have I was talking about it to someone anyway but I, I think that when I was in my 20s I had a big ego right and I think some of us do some of us don't but I did and that ego was I want to be as successful as I can in my business I'm going to work really hard I'm going to do everything I can you know I'll do when I want eat when I want do what I want basically all the time and then at some point you meet a girl you want to marry and that chips away at your ego right it, it yeah. takes it takes away and you go actually she's more important than or she or he whoever it is they are more important than my my needs and wants and desires so i prioritize theirs right i, w- I want to make them happy so that takes away a bit of the ego and then when you have a kid that basically you basically just stick a rocket to your ego and blow it up because now the woman that you love who's had your child now doesn't want it doesn't really care doesn't matter anymore you don't really you you are you are but a person who can hold the baby when baby's tired yeah, uh, or, or she's make tired. Them cups of tea or make them dinner or cups of tea make dinner tidy up the house like just you got to do what you got to do and then so you, you become very much like third fiddle to the whole whole thing and even baby's more reliant on mum uh, certainly if it's breastfeeding that kind of thing so it's it's difficult to you know actually be useful at anything other than just doing stuff in the house and, and whatever else so i think as a as a as a father or a, as a husband uh, or a boyfriend even you've got to you've got to understand that your your ego will disappear and it has to you're no longer going to be a priority and you can't be like a, a petulant child or a teenager and you'll be like i want attention i want you to love me like that's not going to happen you've just got to accept that for at least 6 to 12 months you are literally going to be second fiddle for a long time yeah, no, I think that's, that's sound advice, and I think I, I say it a lot of episodes, but you see the the Instagrammer dads of that have just had newborns that are still lifting weights, and they're they're making a lot of sacrifice, and definitely there's going to be some some cost to what they're doing, and I don't think everything's probably all right in their life, so don't be fooled by by these guys that are nailing it on online. Yeah, I'm su- I'm surprised. Like how how do you how do you have a newborn baby and go to the gym? I'd, I'd like even just take it I couldn't take an hour out let alone half an hour yeah I mean alone. Nick Nick Bear is a guy I follow, I've been following for years and years before he exploded and he just he's had a newborn and he's still out crushing every mile but like he's also posting about like him being up feeding and like being a really hands on it's just like yeah like these guys are wired differently they're, they're, they're showing off a little bit but then I get a bit of motivation from that so if I've had a hard day or tired I see that I'm like I, if he can do it I can do it I should, yeah, these guys that are just smashing it is just—I uh, don't know. It's it's hard to it's hard to think or it's hard to believe that there's not issues in his life. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, like there's got to be something like digging away at him or. But anyway, because it has been like we've said, we've said that pillars of uh, or pillars of priority. We've talked about that in a, I don't know what episode it was, episode forty something. But we talked about like health being you know up there as the highest one. But it's it's a selfish. You have to be selfish in that vein, and there's just that's there's not just when you've stuff. got a newborn. You can't be like that's not nah. a newborn priority. <laughs> no way, no no chance. You know, yeah. um, imagine you having having the twins and then just going to uh, Rebecca. Oh, by the way, I'm I'm soft for a run. I'm just going to go for a run for an hour. And a half. You've been up and they've both been up <laughs> since two a.m. Like I don't yeah. care how much grind you've got in you. That is just selfish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's something there that's. It's not right working out. One question I wanted to delve into is um, 
should you have multiple kids or like how do you, what's that thought process of have, having having your second child or third child uh, how lucky i was it's not for me right now it's not too dissimilar to you know the same question of should you have one kid you know, I, th- I think it's it's probably an easier it's probably an easier decision i'd have thought because you've now got a little bit of an experience where you can say yeah i like it or i don't like it like some people might just absolutely hate the experience so much that they never want to see another kid again which <laughs> i completely understand because it's hard yeah but i think that there, there's there's another level that comes into it and our thought process was, was um took isla's isla's being into consideration we never wanted her to be an, a lonely child because i mean although an, a lonely child and an only child only child okay <laughs> um because I, I know how much fun although we had lots of fights how much fun it was to having having a brother and having kind of that family unit and i feel that i've got a few friends that are or maybe not friends but people that i'm aware of and i grew up with that didn't have any brothers or sisters and I know colleagues who've, who don't have any brothers or sisters, and they miss that connection. Like I've got a really good friend of mine that he's always kind of wondered if he had a brother, how how, how he would have turned out or how he would have been. And he kind of he sees fa- he kind of is a bit regretful in terms of seeing families and stuff. And um, and that that was a big big decision for us. I think I think there's something in that for me as well as the only child syndrome thing. You know, you're always weighted hand on foot and. <laughs> You know, it, that's not what life is about, right? You, you don't you do notice two, it, especially yeah, in adults. Yeah, you don't. You don't have two people just you know handouts all the time. That's just not how life works. But I think this. I think the process has been very similar to because we're obviously thinking about you know if we if we want to try and have a, another another kiddo, which I think we I think we definitely do want to do that. It's just you know when what's the good timing? You know, do we want there to be two years, three years, four year gap between kids? Um, do we feel financially okay about it? Do we feel, you know, from Laura's like career perspective, does she want to do like, does she want to do a bit more career before we have another one? Yeah, I don't know. It's like, there's just, and then, then there's also, I think Laura's considerations and she'd be definitely in a better place to talk about it, but it's pretty traumatic having a kid for a woman, like yeah. really yeah. traumatic. And I think she's, you know, she's, wants to have another child but at the same time she's like holy shit if i have to do that again then it's a different a different story um but i don't know like i think what if somebody was gonna, t- gonna tell you you're definitely gonna have twins would that change I'd, your mind well um i'd start making sure the the upstairs second bedroom <laughs> is the comfiest <laughs> bedroom with the nicest duvet and and fresh the flowers, flowers every day <laughs> so no i think i think what again what i've tried to do is uh there's a book that was recommended to me called design your life and (laughs) it sounds yeah but it kind of but it kind of is like i i didn't have to live in colston south did i i didn't have to live here yeah yeah. i could have lived anywhere else in london like we 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 had a big enough budget to do whatever pretty much live wherever we wanted uh, in the country quite frankly we could have moved back to scotland who knows but i know that the, one of the greatest life hacks is to move closer to your in-laws. <laughs> Green, Gordon Greenhorn's life hack 101. But but it is like tell, you tell you had your you literally had your mother-in-law live with you when the twins came. Like that was that was a hack. So I must say that what I've tried to do when I do consider about the kids is I've gone through all those pillars that I talked about. You know the financial aspect of things, the emotional aspect of things, the relationship aspect of things, the living situation, and I've got all those box ticked. 
I'm a bit poorer than I probably was before <laughs> at uh, Olivia, but we bought most of the stuff already. Like, we don't have to buy another pram. We don't have to buy another car seat. We don't have to buy another play mat, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I guess I guess should you have another kid, then it's got to be all those things as well. Like, I, I, I definitely don't... I, I'm absolutely sure I don't think it's a good idea to have a kid if you your living situation isn't good, if your partnership relationship isn't good, if you're rushing things again... Like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I think that's that's pretty sound advice. Um, let me look through the notes. If you got anything you want. Uh, oh, the, the the like someone says to me, should you have kids? And I'll be like, okay, well, how good are you at suffering? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And one of the biggest and one of the hardest parts is when you when you lack sleep right i hate i hate not being able to sleep very much and it's difficult but yeah you, you'll basically be up you might be up maybe multiple times in the night you you know certainly laura was uh, when she was breastfeeding in the early time so are you okay with that like are you going to be okay with like sleep deprivation like do you feel like you're able to overcome difficulties in your life you know oh i don't want to go to the gym but you still went to the gym or I went for a run when I didn't want to go for a run. Or I get up early when work needs me to go in early. You know, I work late when I... Like, those kind of things where you've, there's an element, like, are you a resilient person? Because you're going to need to become a bloody resilient person if you want to have children. Because they'll beat the living crap out of you, even though they're only about five kilos and can barely even lift their head up. Yeah, it's kind of comes back to that maturity level. Like... I don't know how you, how you define that, like what is the right maturity level, but I felt when I was 23, 24 when I had Isla, yeah, 23, she's seven, seven now, um, I, I felt like I was quite a mature 23-year-old. If I compared myself to my friends, I'd had a full-time job for four years, went from public sector to private sector, worked in oil and gas, had like a, a decent salary. And the other 23-year-olds were just coming out of uni or they were working Weatherspoons or Tesco. So, yeah, like, I think level of maturity helps. Definitely. Just, I guess, some level of experience to some extent, maybe. Yeah, like, yeah, like holding down a job and earning a salary for a number of years and, and like, going to work and, yeah, as you say, like, getting up early if you need to get up early or working late if you need to work late. Like, just being a... As I, as we'd say, it's a really contradictory thing that like just be a man, but I can't say that anymore. <laughs> no, because <laughs> what does that mean? I guess. But um, yeah, and know. then the other thing, like talking about resilience aspect of things, is you know when your girlfriend, your boyfriend's ill, it's it's hard, and you've got to look after them. And and thankfully, touch wood, we've never, we, both of us have never really um, either had to look after each other or our wives or any sort of significant person in our family. Everyone's pretty pretty good as on on the whole but kids get sick <laughs> and they have complications and they have complications that you can't do anything about you know and again i'm talking about that resilience thing i guess and that's maybe a bit of a trend of this this section but you know terrible things can happen and even 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 if they don't happen you still have that like gut-wrenching worry that sits in you you know when i when i again i started this podcast talking about the sort of the cost to incredible benefit ratio where, you know, the cost is so significant that you can find yourself in sleepless nights worried about something. Like I know Olivia had a thing with her heart where there's like a little whole thing that was going on 
and we didn't know anything about it and we were waiting for the sort of specialist scans and things that were going on and that was horrible like i i thought about it i i tried not to think about it but because uh, you know you, you control the controllables but it, it's hard not to think about it you know she's not even born yet and i was worried and even now like her monitor's over there and every time i'll look at the monitor just a little bit to see if she's still breathing yeah yeah like, it's terrifying, isn't it? And then someone said, if you say someone says to you, should you have kids? You'd be like, do you reckon you can cope with thinking that your your kid, when they're asleep and they're perfectly fine, might actually might, not be a, might not be alive? They might be not breathing. Like, yeah. that's terrifying. You get that. Um, what is it? Sads. Bas- yeah, basically the caught death thing is just terrifying when, especially it's when terrifying. They're, it's all terrifying, like, Neil. Like it's, yeah. just, it's the worst terrifying <laughs> thing you've ever had to go through. Um, so it's like, you know, but by the way, I think, Neil, by the end of this podcast, no one's going to want to have kids. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it comes back to my point of like being naive. Don't don't listen to us. Like, just think it's all rotated glasses and just go in with, with blindfolds on. Yeah, because, you know, I, I don't, yeah, because it is great. Like, yeah, that, that's, ex- that, that's, yeah. that's, that's got to be part of this, <laughs> part of this sort of roundup of this entire podcast is basically like, sure, it's going to, it's going to cost you a lot. And there are going to be parts of it that, quite frankly, I, 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 I sometimes don't want to hang out with uh, with Olivia, right? Don't want to hang out with her because she's screaming at me, won't like just let me leave her, let her play her own, like all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, she's my best mate. Do anything for her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's the proudest moment when you might have some challenging times at home. And Isla's an example I brought up at the start, but when I was sitting in the parents evening and like i'm being told like my daughter's a social butterfly she looks out for other people like she asks questions a lot and like it makes you so proud like it just there's, there's no other feeling um that uh, 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 somebody that you've brought up is is doing well in school yeah it's it's great like you know so so if i if 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 i said to you or if your mate tomorrow said to you should you have kids what would you say yes or no uh, I'd start with a yes, but then I'd caveat it with like, what's the foundations like? Like we mentioned at the start, like how's your relationship? You know, I don't have to, I'm not like somebody that's advocating you need to be married, buy your first house, do all that kind of stuff first, but just make sure the basics are in place. Like you've got cash in the bank. Yeah, there's no cracks in your relationship. You've got trust there. Um, if, if there's not that, then sort that out first. Like go to counselling, just figure those things out, save a bit of money and make sure, yeah, those things are in place. What about you? Would I say, should you have kids? Yes or no? I would definitely say yes. Because, you know, you can What's go and... What's it? Yeah, like, well, what is... Yeah, what, what, what are you going to do? What else are you going to do? Because once you've eaten a Michelin star meal, once you've stayed in a five-star hotel, once you've flown first class, business class, whatever, once you've seen countries in the world, once you've seen a lovely mountain, once you've seen a lovely lake, when you've seen a lovely bridge... I don't know, whatever. Like, at what point? Like, what, what are you gonna? What more are you gonna do? And yeah. you know, I I know even before I had children, I was I was I was extremely happy. Like, I'd met the woman of my dreams. I'd travelled the world with her. I'd um, built a business on my own, multiple parts of businesses, earned decent money, like bought a house. They're not they're all, they're all the classic things that you you hope to achieve. And then I had a kid and I was like, holy moly, there is like a different dimension of happiness. You know, I was in like the sphere of happiness. I'm like, oh, I'm cool. Like I can just live like this for the rest of my life. I'll be perfectly fine. Yeah. Well, you know, there's no, there's no way that I can become happier. 
And then suddenly I have Olivia and we have this little family and it's just, it's, it's unreal. Like it's a whole, I can't even describe sometimes what it's like outside of that happiness that I had to where it is now. It's like on a, a whole benchmark of, of dimension difference. Yeah, um, I, I definitely get that. When, when I'm, um, when we're all kind of in bed at nighttime, we'd go to sleep. It's that feeling of like, you've got, well, including Rebecca, or you've got three kids under, under your roof that you're kind of fending for, bringing up, raising. They're all fast asleep in a cosy house. And yeah, I don't know, there's something really satisfying and really homely and wholesome about that. It's nuts, isn't it? It's, it's nuts. So it's quite, it's quite easy to be able to say that and be like, absolutely. Like, <laughs> you know, why? Like, I, I get it. I, I get it. The cost aspect of having a child from, from all those things we talked about is, is, um, is tough to swallow and consider. But it's very easy to get over all of that as soon as you get the first ever smile out of your son or daughter, when they look at you and they give you that weird kind of like, I'm either doing a poo or I'm <laughs> farting, but they smile. Yeah. And that just, that just melts the whole first awful three months of your life. <laughs> of <their> life. <laughs> yes. Yes. On that note, do you want me to round up? Yes. I think that's a good idea. It's been a good pod, a wholesome end to that pod. I think Neil. It was, yeah, it was a nice one. Um, hopefully people have taken taken something away. Um, if you've enjoyed it, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. Just like that, that five stars would be nice. Um, if you've got any questions for us, you can chat to us on Instagram. Um, I'm not going to commit to it, but I might start some reels up now. Oh my I word. Like I, I was thinking about this actually because now I've got lots of time to just think and contemplate things because I don't have any kids just now. Um I just need to get, like, I, I made the process of getting them off Riverside into another, two, like, so convoluted and so it was just um, a messy work, like, workflow, so. And that's that's always, that's always the thing. Like, if you if you make, I mean, this is probably for a completely different podcast, but who cares, we can talk about it. <laughs> it's like, if you make it difficult to do the thing, you're, not you're gonna just not going to do it. And especially if you're not getting paid. <laughs> yeah. You know, sure, like, we both, we, like, this is, this podcast is almost perfect, right? Where sometimes we've got, we've got to think of ideas and we've got to think of stuff to talk about, which, you know, sometimes a little bit tricky. But for us to sit down and film something, like we literally have to plug in two wires, microphone, talk. And then I edit it. It's all auto, AI stuff and automated and whatever else. And that's it, isn't it? Like it's done. Yeah, super easy. Super easy. But I'd like if, to get some if, reels out. Yeah, and if it was more complicated, it'd be a, a difficult one. And actually, n- note on that, we were supposed to be doing a... Today was supposed to be the day we did a fancy one, Neil. But sadly, <laughs> didn't happen. It was. I've got my... Um, I might have a, a quarterly meeting in London for work, but it was moved to Edinburgh, so that's on Thursday. So, yeah, it's a shame, but i hopefully be down soon. Yes. I'll get the, the fancy one in. Yes. All right, well, um, yeah, thanks for listening. Give us a like on Instagram. Watch us on YouTube if you want to see our shiny faces. And we'll see you in the next one, shall we? Cheers, Neil. Cheers.